Blood Covenant, a V5 Sabat story, is a production of Simulacra Studios. This podcast is intended for a mature audience and contains descriptions of violence, sexual activity, mental illness, body horror, and inhuman supernatural depravity. If you are not comfortable with what you hear, please feel free to skip ahead or stop listening. If you'd like to support the show, please visit patreon.com slash Studios. Let the great change begin. Leon, you complete through these rituals and you enter into the deeper layer of the mausoleum. And where you eventually come to, because you're following the sound of voices, no one greets you on this level. You have to kind of find your way around. I'm assuming it's completely dark down here, too. Absolutely, it is. There's no candles, there's no lights, there's no anything. It is dark. But you have the eyes of the abyss. And so you follow these echoing voices until you find a chamber. And there are maybe a half dozen canines in this room. The walls are lined with books and ecclesiastic-looking items, chalices, various other liturgical devices. And there's a large, very heavy wooden table in the center of the room around which most of these people are looking at charts and maps, going through books, and... All still in complete darkness. All still in complete darkness, because they don't need any light down here. no, No one here needs a candle or a flashlight or anything to see everything that they need to see. And the stuff on the table is not exactly what you expect. Like, it's not like deep theology or historical books. It is very modern information. It is maps of the city. It is blueprints of of buildings. And the biggest detailed map is a map of Mount Royal. And this is more like the planning of some sort of operation than it is some, like, theological discussion. Yeah, it's very juxtaposed against the very makeup of what's going on here. He will surprisingly glide into the room because he is, he's got the other power that makes him quiet as well. He's, he's trained in a little bit of stealth, so he moves like a shadow into the room until he's pretty much probably right in front of them. And they don't seem to acknowledge you until you're right in front of them. And uh, Father Marcel turns to you and says, Ah, you're here. Yes. Thank you for the invitation. Thank you for coming. You have come at a very interesting time. What do you wish to gain here in Montreal, Leon? Hmm. I know you've been sent, but what do you want here? That's a very good question. Ever since Vicos offered this to us, I have been thinking about what I want. We, my pack, the uh, Blood Covenant, have been successful. I guess when you do an operation like that, you don't see past it until it's done. So, to be honest, to be frank, I don't know. I'm interested to see what is here that I could learn from. At the very least, I hope some of my packmates will get their heads out of their asses and focus. Well, well, I will tell you something, Leon. You come to this city at a very interesting time. 
we like to keep things close to the vest here. The Sabbat at large does not know a lot about what we do here. That's for a good reason. Can you be trusted, Leon? Yes. We shall see. And the woman, the one you don't know the name of, stands up from the chair that she's in and just beckons you to her. He'll regard her for a second, then he'll move over to her? She holds out her hand, not in the way that she did previously, not to be kissed, but she's holding her palm out like she's going to put it on your forehead. He'll let her. He'll, he'll kind of lean down because he's probably much taller than most of these people in this. When she puts her hand on your forehead, you feel almost instantaneously your beast rile. And almost before you know it, you're in frenzy. So there's no real chance of you doing any serious damage to the people in this room. They've, they've got you pretty covered. So I'd like for you to describe how Leon frenzies in this moment. The frenzy's probably one of, like, cold and very uh, hyper-violent. So, like, her hand, like, he goes to the hand, like, the hand touches him, frenzies, the hand immediately go grabs her, tries to, like, basically pick her up and, like, squeeze the life out of her. Granted, she's already dead. And then, like, basically start tearing through the room. And every time there's sort of a new challenger, he sort of jumps at the chance. So it creates this thing where you can easily get him to switch targets just by presenting a new target in front of him. And they are very good at that. Leon sees all of this dimly in the back of his rage-filled mind. But eventually you wear yourself out. And you find when, when Leon fully comes back, he is just grappled in multiple shadow tendrils. Right, yeah, just, like, pretzeled up in all this shadow. And his clothes are probably very... He generally keeps himself very prim and proper and very, very nice. And, like, all that is just torn and ripped and gnarly So because he's just exerted himself so much. And the woman comes up to you again. <sighs> Do you understand? I think so. You're here for a reason, Leon. You have earned a great deal of esteem. And there is something that we would like your help with. But we cannot have someone in the clutches of their own beast as you so clearly are. He looks down because the, the re revelation of what she did and what all that was about clicks in his head and he looks just like daggers at her like I'm here to learn. And what have you just learned? I'm not as strong as I think I am. And when you say that, the tendrils unravel from you, and you are deposited on the ground. Good. You learned the right lessons. What are you going to do about it? He sort of stands up, tries to have a decorum again. I'm going to have to learn 
I don't know where to go. Well, we'll have to fix that, won't we? He looks down, very ashamed. Buck. Yo. The talk in the room continues. This is a bunch of hard asses who know what they're here for. It's something they've obviously done a couple of times, and they have a camaraderie amongst themselves. But when the door that leads deep into the basement opens, all conversation stops. And everyone kind of straightens up and not quite standing at attention because they're all sitting, but no one fucks around. And Skinner walks into the room and he has a stack of folders that he sort of very casually starts to hand out to everyone. And he finally does come around to you and hands you a folder. All right, I take it. And I, I kind of look to see what everybody else is doing. Are they opening it or are they waiting? Everyone's waiting. I wait. And he speaks eventually when everyone has their folders. I bet you are all curious about what I found. We fought great things. We have tested ourselves against the beasts and the freaks and the lesser carriers of Cain's blood. And he looks over to the hammer and we have fought against truly noble warriors. What I've found is different. What I've found isn't so much a target, but a threat. And some of you, I don't think, are going to be up for this. There's snickering, like barely snickering in the room. And he says, please open your folders and tell me what you see there. All right, I open my folder. You see... It's a collection of pictures, some newspaper articles, documents on government letterhead, corporate letterhead, letters, emails that have been printed out, etc., etc. And the things that kind of jump out at you is that there is a, an event in the city going on. It's sort of a convention of North American and European military chaplains. There are also people visiting the city, the cardinal that is in charge of College of the Doctrine of the Faith of the Catholic Church, and a member of the Quorum of Twelve Apostles of the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints. And there is talk of a lot of sort of intergovernmental agencies of like intelligence agencies and paramilitary organizations. And it seems like all of these meetings are happening during this month in Montreal. So I'm going to assume, I'm not going to assume, I'm going to, I'm going to fiat because there's just no way in hell that uh, Buck knows what the Society of Leopold is. But it doesn't take, I think, a rocket surgeon to look at this and see, you know, large gatherings of people of faith plus large gatherings of paramilitary as this being some sort of a response to our presence. So he's going to kind of look through it, make that assumption, and then he's going to sit back and see what other people say. Um, he's not, at this stage, he's not the kid who's trying to remind the teacher that she forgot to give us homework. Uh, he's just trying to see what the competition stacks up, or how it stacks up. With the understanding, they've probably all fought whoever this is before, and I haven't, but I still want to see what they say. Two of them 
they sort of look at each other, take one look at, back at the folders, and they like toss it on the table and they get up and leave. <laughs> oh shit. The rest of the room is there's a mix between like disbelief and some anger. Like some people are just waiting for like the punchline to hit. And uh, your your friend Stefan speaks up and says, "Skinny, you, you can't be serious. Mortals, mortals, come on." Skinner says, "They're gathering. They're getting ready for something. They're working together like they've never worked together before. You can scoff all you want." But my sense says this is the next big threat. Uh, Stefan, have you ever... Uh, I mean, I don't know. It's probably been a long time since she was mortal. But back back in them days, you ever, you ever stick your hand in an ant bed? Yes. It was irritating. When you were mortal, it was irritating. Because, I, I mean, I, I, you know, I don't mean to, to insult you or disrespect you. But I... I I'd be willing to wager that you misremember that particular event, and it was a whole lot more than irritating. See, fact is, especially down where I'm from in Georgia, you stick your hand in a fire ant bed, it'll kill you. Now, of course, they ain't none but ants, but enough of them, and they got that venom, and they sting you all at once. They can even take down a full-grown man. I mean, my, my Uncle Reggie got killed by fire ants. And the way I see it, it's the same damn thing. Yeah, there's just mortals, but mortals got guns, mortals got tanks, mortals got helicopters, and if there's enough of them, isn't that what the whole damn Inquisition was? Stefan kind of looks to you and looks to Skinner, and Skinner's just blank-faced, like, no emotion, no nothing. Are you sure? You're, uh, you come from New York? Because that's Camarilla talk. <laughs> Boy, you talk like somebody who ain't ever had your ass whipped before. <laughs> I've had my ass whipped plenty, little boy. Well, then, if you have, you ain't looking to have it whipped again no time soon. And look, Camarilla talk would be to say, well, these guys in big enough numbers could take us down, we better make friends. But I think what Mr. Skinner here is trying to say, please excuse me, Mr. Skinner, for trying to speak for you, but I believe what he's saying is, Let's kill them, which is not quite Camarilla talk. Stefan sort of looks to you and then completely dismisses you and focuses attention on Skinner. You do not bring us a worthy challenge this time, old man. Call us when you have something real. And him and about three-fourths of the group get up and leave. What about my girl? What's she doing? What's Isabella doing? She's sitting there. Yeah, she is. So, it's you, it's Isabella, and uh, two other guys stay, but the rest leave. And Skinner says, this is what I expected. This is no game that I'm planning. This is a serious engagement. We're not hitting them tonight, but we have to hit them before they leave. I want all of you to get something for me on this. Find a weak spot. Find something we can use and then we will cut off the head of the snake before it starts to bite at our heels. Dismissed. And he stands up. Buck will get up and he'll head on out. 
and remember that he rode here with somebody. So I guess he'll just take an Uber. <laughs> he'll take an Uber back. Uh, it's a taxi because it's 98, but you can... Oh, right. And we'll move on to Reggie. Mistress Enya leads you deeper into the intestinal tract. And when you come out of the tunnel, you're in a room that is... You see a lot of nerve tissue in this room. Like, it is almost completely covered in spinal cord, brain matter, a lot of pain nerves, and and all sorts of nerves. And along one wall, you kind of piece it together is a person, but a person who has been sort of completely flattened out in all of its extremities. And and it just, this one person just sort of covers the entire wall with the only sort of thing sticking out is a head that has just like nerve tissue attaching itself to the ceiling by exposed brain. Not what I would have gone with, but okay. What do you think is happening here? Um, well, well, actually, before that, does this being or the entity appear to be conscious? Eyes, o- eyes open. Eyes are open. Yes. Does the face is the face doing something like other than being slack? Yes, the face is slack, but the eyes seem to have an intensity to them. The pupils dilate and shift from place to place in the room. Number of options. Uh, given. What you showed me of uh, the feeding tubes, this could be another use for an enemy. It does. Oh, does this being also appear to be vampiric? Oh, yes. You, you see the exposed fangs. As they seem to be in a um, semi-conscious state, I assume that this is another utility form. So, and since the brain is exposed, it's spread out, is this some sort of maybe control? Center processing, perhaps something, to... or is it art? Your conclusions are well reasoned, but are wrong. This is a place of honor. This is. She sort of drags a uh, a very gentle, loving hand over like the exposed muscle tissue of the person, and like there's just like intense, violent twitching when she does so. This is a student of mine. Ah, are they undergoing a, um, a trial? Or a learning experience? Yeah. Ah, I see. They earned this through much experimentation and insight. I would like for you to share for a moment in his epiphany. Will you give me your hand, young Reginald? He unquestioningly offers his hand. And he's trying not to let it shake. She leads you over to the wall, and she kind of leans up against it and leans back and locks her legs so that she is a chair. And she sort of guides you onto her lap. And then she takes her hand and just sort of wipes away the flesh on the palm. and on the fingertips. She starts to extend her fingers into like fine needle points and begins to weave the nerves of your hand into the spinal column of this man. And other than the intensely weird physical sensation of it, you don't sense any like impulses. You don't sense anything new happening 
until she says, Are you ready? As I can be. And she reaches up and makes some sort of manipulation in, like, the nerve trunk of the spinal column. And then you are rocked with sensation, with utterly alien sensation. First of this person's state, and then through him, your awareness starts to expand to the entire cathedral. And you feel every crack in the wall that's filled with nerve tissue. You feel your bones woven into this structure. You feel the weight of Montreal on top of you. You hear whispers and smell things in places where different sensory organs have been distributed out through it. And with a supreme effort of will, the strength of which you probably haven't had to muster in your entire existence up until this point, this does not in fact break you. This is, in fact, the most mind-expanding experience Reggie has ever had, and you are able to ride it without cracking like an egg. And she undoes the connection. Yeah, and when she releases him, uh, he actually cries a little bit. Like, like not the, not the, like, that was so bad, but, like, put me back. Put me back. <laughs> like, he reaches out, but he pulls his hand back. Yeah, she brushes your hair. She says, a taste, I think, is enough for now. Well, <clears throat> hopefully one day I will also earn such a place of honor. Start by putting your arm back together. Okay. He will try to re-smooth down the flesh of his, of his hand that had been peeled back and just reshape it. Do you try and put it back the way it was, or do you try for something new? Uh, he's probably working on autopilot right now. But, ooh, well, he did roll a pretty... He, he would probably be a presence of mine. No, he'd definitely be on board the fleshcrafty let's, let's, let's fuck some shit up train, so he'd probably try to very subtly make the finger... His fingertips just, like, his hand will just be a different hand. Like, not, not necessarily, like, a claw or anything like that, but he would definitely have, like, he might try to, like, put an extra finger on his hand or something, like, like, try to shape out an extra appendage or split one of his fingers into an extra, such as taking his pinky and splitting it down and moving a bit of it out just to see. And that's a simple enough change, and you have the opportunity to sort of work it at this deep level since your hand is utterly splayed open. And, yeah, you make it new. Hmm. And he'll, as he'll test it, be like, hmm, be much easier to hold. Huh. Excellent. First steps, no? I think it was an important one. I think I've been too, um, shy about using my gifts because of my time, uh, being so exposed, if I'm honest. This is a place to grow. Then I'll then grow, I will. I have other arrangements. I will leave you to your own ruminations. But do you have any questions before I leave you? I think I wish to ruminate before I spend any more of your time on the small questions. Tomorrow evening, then? Tomorrow evening. 
and she proceeds to unlock herself and like sort of usher you off her lap and she turns her back to you and begins to tend to the wall I will uh, and I was like apologies for one small very silly question would you like me to leave the wagon or take it with me take it please very well then and I will walk away with my little use my nice new hand get a nice figure start figuring out the grip on it and pull my new my little rusty wagon back through that sphincter Thank you for listening to this week's chapter of Blood Covenant, a V5 Sabbat story, presented by Simulacra Studios. Simulacra Studios is an entirely listener-supported podcast. If you'd like to support the show, please visit our Patreon at patreon.com slash simulacrastudios. Patrons can listen to the entirety of Season 1 right now. In addition to gaining access to our private Discord server, where you can chat with the cast and crew of all Simulacra Studios productions. Again, thank you for listening, and we'll see you next week.